Welcome to Photography Life. This is Joe Hendricks, and today I have a very special guest, Dennis Lankis, and we are making this podcast professional today. Thank you, Dennis. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I think using the term professional should come at the end if it was, if it was done <laughs> correctly. But yeah, I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my audience is used to me using a phone to mm -hmm. do all my podcasts, so this is a real treat. And um, I hope you don't expect this every single time, guys, but every once in a while, it'll be amazing like this. Well, well hopefully that's <laughs> something that we can affect, right? Change it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can expect it. That's right. Time. We'll see. Well, what I like about Dennis is Dennis is, one, he's a great person. Two, he's an entrepreneur here in Montrose, Colorado, and he lived for a while on Telluride, Colorado, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends on if you want to say, like, by Colorado standards, right? So I was there for 16 years, so I'm still... That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from, from somebody who traveled all around America for so long, that's a long time in one place. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but what I love about Dennis is that he just has that creative entrepreneurial mind, and I just want to dig into his mind today and just kind of get some answers about, about how he became an entrepreneur and what drives him. Uh, just to kind of help everybody else out there who's a photographer, whether you're trying to sell your prints or you're trying to make a new business, Dennis is the kind of guy who can motivate you in the right direction to uh, get you on your feet and accomplish amazing things. Wow. that's uh, I, I need a new publicist. His name is Joe Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> so let me go ahead and ask you uh, right now, what is there any defining moment in your life like an experience that you had that you were able to gain a ton of confidence from in order to enter the entrepreneurial world? Yeah, I don't think it's one particular situation. I think it's the, the culmination of several experiences, right? Um, I think every everything that I tried that failed gave me more confidence to try again, which is weird because in the beginning, like, that's the impetus for you to try something, right? Like, what if I fail? Right. And But then once you realize, oh, you can fail at something, and the failure is just that that particular thing didn't meet the expectations you had for it. It's not that it was a, an actual failure because there's a lot to be learned from it and p to be used as you move on. So I think um, to answer that question, it's the culmination of trying several times, not succeeding with my expectations for that thing, and being able to continue to do it again. That's that's the that's where the confidence comes in. So I'm interested. I'm going to follow up that question with, I think a lot of people, when they hear you say you were able to fail multiple times, get through it and learn your lesson, there's a lot of people out there who fail once and they don't have the courage to try again, which I completely understand myself. Can you think of anything, like, were you just born that way? Or did you have parents that encouraged you a lot, that instilled that confidence so that when you did fail, they just encouraged you to get back up? Or was that something inside? Well, man, I had a, um, I didn't have the, the best childhood. Um, I, had a, I had parents that really pushed me in a aggressive manner. Um, people would call it, would consider it abusive, for sure. Um, I'd answer that in a different way. So the answer to the, the question, did I have parents that supported me and that kind of set that expectation for me? No, no, I didn't, I didn't really have that. Um, but 
the analogy that I can give to you is like if, if you've ever played baseball, if you've ever played golf or, or whatever, and the number of times that you swing a club or you swing a bat, right, and you don't make perfect contact with it, you know, it, it would be like hitting it one time, hitting the very first time you hit it perfect, right? And then considering every other time that you actually made contact a failure. Hmm. Does that make sense? It like, does. I think everybody looks at business in a way is like, if it's not huge, if it didn't change my life, if it didn't, you know, provide infinite uh, uh, financial freedom for me, then it was a failure, right? Instead of going, hey, look, you know, that was a base hit. That was, you know, I, I put that close to the hole or I put that on the green. Um, I think that everybody thinks if it's not a hole in one or a home run, it's a failure. And so it's managing your expectation first that allows you to, to, to again, have that confidence to kind of keep doing it. Um, and then number two, it's looking when, when things don't meet your expectations, it's looking for the value in the work that you put into it. And so what did I learn from it? What were some of the successes? Like, how did it get me? Did it get me even just one step closer to the things that I want to, that I think that I want to do? Um, I think that's the important part. And people just forget it. And it's because of the way that we're, we're, we're trained, right? Like everything that we see, nobody reports a, a modest success, right? Sure. In the news, it, it has to be huge or it has to at least appear huge. And people, they want to make news, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, not even just that. Like, look at Instagram. Look at, you know, look at Facebook. Like, do, do you stop and read the news story that doesn't look sensational or doesn't, like, attract, attract your eye? Like, the average thing doesn't seem to be enough for people sometimes. Can you imagine being that baseball player who gets his first major league at bat, bases loaded, he hits a grand slam, that's his first hit ever. Imagine the expectations after that. <laughs> Well, that's, the, yeah, that's exactly the idea, right? Imagine if that were your expectation every time you got up to bat. Right. I mean. It's hard a, to live up to. Oh, a, a Hall of Fame baseball player hits 30% of the time. Yeah. 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 And so if, if, if you had an expectation every time you got up to bat that you were going to have that same sort of success, mm -hmm. you just would never do it again. Yeah, right? definitely. So, like, after, if those are the numbers of being really successful, you'd be like, after your third or fourth bat, you go, oh, well, I'm just not good at this. I'll quit. Yeah, that makes sense. So. <laughs> um, when, when was the first time that you got the entrepreneur bug? So, well, it was the first time I got fired. <laughs> <The> first, <laughs> How old were you? The first and only time I got fired. I was 24 years old, and uh, I worked for a, a – what uh, was the one of the first, if not the first – fantasy f online fantasy football um software companies oh cool and um <laughs> i got i got fired for insubordination ah. and for the for the sake of the podcast and everybody else you know the the parties involved let's just leave it at that <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> but that was that was the moment like i thought that what i was doing what i was what i was doing in the moment was the right thing to do and the opposite party thought that it was insubordinate and so that's when i was like I, I want to have more control over what I do, why I do it, and whether or not it's, you know, who it's, who it's bringing value to. So, Yeah, definitely. And I'm trying to think of a scenario where, you know, it's the difference in opinions. Obviously, your boss thought something different than you did, 
Um, but it's all perspective because a lot of times that people that are up high don't see what people are doing down low. And if they did, it would make a huge difference in their company. And I think with photographers, they take so much advice from other people that aren't necessarily their customers, aren't listening in the right ways. They're just going after what they want. Just like maybe your boss needed something, but you had a big, bigger picture idea. Photographers, you know, they want to find their passion and their creativity, and these other people are just looking at their idea. And when they give advice, photographers get messed up because they're creative people and they're emotional, and it's hard to bounce back from that uh, as a photographer because you need that instant gratification of people liking your photos. At least I do. <laughs> I, w- I would, yeah. So I'm not a photographer, but I am a, you know, at, at times been a content creator, and, and so I imagine, to some extent, there's some similarities in the fact that your validation comes from people accepting your work and enjoying it and putting and finding value in it. And so to have, to, to be a, a creator and then to put all of your validation of your creation in somebody else's hands might be the wrong place to start in the beginning, you know, to begin with. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs, when I try to help coach entrepreneurs, the first thing that we that I try to tell them and that I try to get them to focus on is a, um, a video by Simon Sinek. It's uh, know your why. And people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And so if your why is I want to be validated by hundreds or millions of people, you're probably going to be, it's probably like having that expectation of hitting a home run, hitting a grand slam in the ninth inning every time you get up to bat, Right. right. You've taken something that's already difficult to do and made it impossible. And so I think that if if I was a content creator, I would say I want to make sure that the content that I create, you know, is validated by me. That when I when I'm finished making it, I go, that's what I intended to I intended to do. And then your success rate just jumps through the roof, right? Because you're in control of what you're doing. And you'll find that people then follow along based on the things that they they see in you that, that that brought you close together and then they go oh yeah that is great like what you're doing is awesome and that is and then they're and then they're not you're not asking them to judge you right you're asking them to join you and and yeah. i think that's where a lot of content creators miss out and creators miss out is looking for that validation outside of themselves you know i hope the people that are listening the younger photographers or the younger creatives they don't have to be photographers I hope they take that advice to heart because one of the things I love to tell people that are just starting photography is, you know, find something that you're good at, stick with it, and just keep doing it over and over and over because if you, you're going to find yourself in the process and you're going to find what drives you. Um, but along the way, people do get discouraged because they're good at something and then all of a sudden they, do another job for somebody else, blow it out of the water, and then they get all this encouragement from other people saying, oh, you should do that. And it makes money on top of that. So that's where photographers start getting off on the path of going to the weddings or going to something else that makes more money where they get that validation really quick because it feels good, it's a temporary high. But you're so right. When you 
talk about doing something that you love to the court, even if it's not accepted for the first five years that you do it, but you're doing it all the time. You're finding yourself in it and you're finding comfort and peace and uh, passion. Eventually, you get to the point where you are the expert in that thing that you've been wanting to do, and then people come on board. But yeah, it's I can see how people just get off track. It's happened to me, and I'm sure it happens to everybody. You just get off track because money and acceptance. Well, yeah, I don't think that people think about it. That was a great way to say it, by the way, Joe. I think. I, do we just cut here? No, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> um, I think that I think that you, I think that people forget. Right, no matter what you do, there's only one of you, and so whatever you do to that extent is unique and and wholeheartedly, you know, once uh, you know, one of a kind, unique. And if you start from that point of view, that because I'm doing it and there's only one of me, then that's the that's the only opportunity for this thing to happen, and so it makes it completely unique. And so I should I should uh, invest myself in that, right? So true. Um, I think that's a big part of again another thing that people miss. It's like, well, I'm just doing this and so and so, like because that's where you that's where you get disheartened, right? Like look at look at that guy over there or that girl over there. Look at how much success she has. Look how many likes she got on her post. Um, look at how many fans he's got following him. Look at the number of YouTube views you know, that, that he got, um, instead of going, well, no, 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 my content is, I'm the only one that can create my content. And if I look at that and then just look for people that relate to me and to the, to the, to the interests and passions and things that I have, then, then I'm the only one that can create that. And there is no competition. And so I don't have to worry about the rest of the world. I just have to worry about how well I think I'm doing it. And to your other point, like, like getting distracted with other things, I think that it's like an 80-20 rule, right? Like find the thing that you're passionate about, spend 80% of your time doing that. 20% of the time you probably should be doing something else because that's kind of how you challenge yourself too. It's like if you get outside of your own vision and your own lane, you discover new things and you discover new opportunities and, and ways of looking at things that you wouldn't otherwise do if you were only in your lane. So I, I don't think that it's bad for people to kind of well, I'm going to make some extra revenue over here. I'm going to do a side hustle here. As long as it's not distracting to the extent of your 80% commitment to the thing that you really wanted to do. And like you said, give yourself enough time to do it to know if it's it, it's successful or not. That's so true. Um, I am not a videographer. So I'm going to... difficulties? Yeah, I'm going to turn my camera back on. But we can continue the podcast. <laughs> so... That reminds me, Joe, the, yeah. the, the, the rule of thumb to in, in, in video yeah. is always make sure you have an external power source. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I'm using this Canon G7X, so I think it just uh, only does 30-minute increments yeah, recording or something. I don't know. It's out. It's a Canon. That's the problem. No, I heard the <laughs> Canon M50 is, like, super good for vlogging and, and, uh, and, and uh Doing videos or, or, or podcasts is, is Canon it, is stay on. Yeah, Canon the lens won't <laughs> stays <overheat>. on. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, so I got distracted by the whole video, um, but I like what you were saying about people just staying on the path, and yeah, they do to get distracted. But it's very important to understand the whole eighty twenty rule. And I read that book. I think it was seventy thirty is the one I read. Um, it's all numbers. But 
you know, when you find something that you love, I mean, and, and that's really one of the hardest things to do is finding something that you absolutely love. And as an entrepreneur, you know, you're, you're probably going to love multiple things over yeah. and over and over, but they all have something in common. And I think that's one of the things I try to tell my audience of photographers and creatives is that look at all the different things that you do, whether it's weddings, landscapes, elopements, families, children. We can go on and on. But there's something in common with every single genre of photography that you do. And what you have to do is you have to recognize what it is that is common. And sometimes that takes an outside opinion. And I feel like that's where it gets dicey for photographers because there is something that they're passionate about. They're trying to figure it out. <laughs> then they get advice from outsiders. And sometimes the outsiders are just wrong. And, <laughs> and that's where it gets tough. The outsiders are always wrong. It's not sometimes. <laughs> they're always wrong. Well, because it's, they're, they're not your opinion. I, I think the, like, so there's a, there's a skill in taking input and assessing it to yourself. Like, I, I think that sometimes people take things, like, you can take things literally, right? Like, somebody gives you feedback, and you're going, oh, I should do exactly that thing that that person told me to do. Instead of going, what was the insight that they really saw that they saw there and what were they trying to share with me that they thought would help make me successful? Um, so I think there's a, there's a skill in kind of evaluating incoming information and applying it to yourself. And so take some time with that. Like like don't 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 be so reactive um, when people give you feedback. You know, write it down, record it, whatever, and 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 give it time to breathe and room to breathe, and then kind of come back to it. Um, nice. I, th I think that, uh, the other thing that I would say in regards to that too, is that, you know, when you're looking to try to find your passion and you and I have talked about this, actually, one of, one of my favorite practices is like, just get a book of stickies. Right. Mm -hmm. And as something comes up that you're like, Ooh, oh, that, that, that's cool. You know, or, um, you're, you, you look at your work and you're like, you know, these five or 10 shots are my favorite. And you start to write down what those similarities are, what that thing is, and you, you stick them up on a wall, you know, and you start to look as if you do that over time, just like just do it for a month, and you can you can see the pattern being created physically, like right because it's stickies and, and there's words there, and so you can start paying attention to it, and I think that's such a good practice that, that most people don't do, and so I'm going to be completely honest in this moment. I haven't done in quite a long time and need to probably do again. Shame. I know. Shame. Shame, shame. shame. But since you told me to do that, I've been doing it. And what I found is I had a whole bunch of scattered notes everywhere. And then all of a sudden I started aligning them all under one thing. <laughs> and, I, and I was really surprised that, you know, I can do T-shirts. I can do podcasts, vlogs, and everything under the giving print or whatever else, you know, I'm working on, it all fell under one thing because you're so right. It is hard to have multiple businesses and multiple websites and having to go and pay attention to every single one. And it's so much easier if you could put it all under one umbrella. Well, yeah, I think w what actually came out of that practice that and it was so awesome to watch you come to it, you know, on your own. You said, I want to create a business that really just focuses on helping people. And, and providing value to other people and providing service to other people. And so that that was your why, 
right? Mm-hmm. That's your that's your company. Yes. And then everything else is just a you know a, a, um, a methodology or a um, a a vehicle for you to deliver that why to people. It's not so much that they're different businesses, right? The T-shirts meant to be inspirational, sure. meant to bring value and, and to uh, help people. The giving print meant to inspire, meant to bring value, meant to help people connect. Um, your podcasts, you know, provide information that's in your head that you think that other people are thinking and, and need help with. And, and so, again, those, are, those aren't separate businesses. Those are all one business with just different methods of delivery. Yeah, totally. And to bring all this full circle, uh, talking about entrepreneurship, and we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but not too far off. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur and getting yourself back on track when you get knocked down, like you were saying earlier, um, that becomes a little easier for you, harder for others maybe. Is there one thing that sticks out to you that makes you think, you know, this is the reason why I always get back up every single time. Absolutely, the opportunity. I look at it every time that there's an opportunity. And man, you know, if I didn't have the, if I wasn't open to love, I wouldn't have met my wife, you know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be a father. If I wasn't open to other people's opinions, I wouldn't have found co-founders for businesses. Um, if I wasn't open to... um people's vulnerabilities like to not take advantage of them to to acknowledge them and to be respectful of them i wouldn't have businesses you know give me give me the time of day to be able to work with them i wouldn't be able to share the things that i've learned and so i think that just looking at at opportunity everything's an opportunity that's what keeps me anytime i get cut at the knees you know i'm like okay this is an opportunity for me to get up and and do something again or do something better or do something you know, different. Um, it's all just an opportunity. Every day you wake up, you, you've got an opportunity. It sounds cheesy, right? I, I just said that, but it is true. Every day you wake up is an opportunity to do something um, and do something meaningful. And so if you look at that, like every day, it, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, tomorrow's a new opportunity. Every day that I wake up is another opportunity. Then that it's, it's a different outlook, right? You're not, you're not, you're not holding yourself back from the things that you the expectations that you didn't meet for yourself. Yeah. You know, and and one of the things that I've been telling my audience recently is that photography is a tool. You know, the jobs that we do, they're a tool. This podcast is a a tool. It doesn't define who you are. Um, But I think it is nice for people to understand, you know, from your perspective, somebody who has been an entrepreneur for a while, uh, has gotten back over up, who has gotten back up over and over and over uh, so many times, it's good to see that it's the opportunity that drives you. Um, And I I think we all define opportunity in different ways, and I think we need to understand that, you know, there is opportunity for you out there with your photography and the kind of work that you do. And you just got to trust the process, and you got to trust that it's going to happen if you stick to what you love doing. Don't worry about other people's opinions. And do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, do what you have a passion for. If you wake up in the morning and you think about it, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, so hey, how interactive are your podcasts? So, do, like, do you offer, do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter is the Joe Hendricks. 
the Joe Hendricks. The Joe Hendricks. Which, that, which is perfect for the conversation that we just had. You're, you're the only one. I'm the only one. Right. So I, I actually don't give my audience a whole lot of uh, ways to contact me or to, <laughs> to interact with me. I just say email me at joeyjoehendricks.com. And, uh, and I've, I've had a couple people voice message me through Anchor FM. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's always an ability. But, yeah, email me at joeyjoehendricks.com if you have any questions at all. You know, I will cover anything and go deep and personal into any issue. Uh, the podcast I did yesterday, um, I just came out and just said what I am struggling with. There's no holding back because together we grow better and we succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I will throw out there, I am Den- at Dennis Lankus. So, or excuse me, that's not right at all. I gave it completely wrong. <laughs> I'm at D-L-E-N-K-E-S. Junior Jr. on Twitter, and uh, would absolutely love if, if you've got a listener or somebody that needs help with a with a, with a business or with an idea or even just needs somebody to you know bounce off of. Uh, please, that's a great way to get in touch with me, and I'd love to be able to help you out in any way I can. D. Lankus Jr. D. Lankus Jr. on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> All right, message him, guys. He's a great guy, and. Um he will give you uh, a response, which not everybody does. No, absolutely, will give you a response. Yeah. Well, Dennis, thanks for having uh, being on my show and making me sound all professional. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> that's that's because once you've learned how to do it, you're just coasting, right? That's right. There we go. <laughs> thanks, Joe. All right, thank you. Bye.